Welcome to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. Here it is, folks. The last show of the year. And what a year it has been. Hero after hero has fallen throughout this year. And I think I can speak for everyone in saying, we've had enough. On to 2017, and on to a better, safer year. I'd like to say I have a pretty good show lined up for you tonight, but that would be a lie. In fact, I have a great show lined up for you tonight. I received quite a few calls over the weekend, and I'm very anxious to share them with you. So, let's get started. Being that we are smack dab in the middle of the holiday season, it's safe to assume many of you are traveling. And I'd venture a safe guess that a majority of those that are, are doing so by automobile. It's out there on that ribbon of asphalt, surrounded by hundreds or even thousands of fellow travelers that you somehow feel the loneliest. There's just something about the open road that tugs at the imagination. Perhaps it's boredom, exhaustion, or simply overworked eyes playing tricks on you, but it's out there that some of the weirdest things are experienced. And it seems it's been that way ever since the days of Coach and Horses. That is just such the case with our first caller. Here is Mike's story from Iowa. Hi, Derek. This is Mike calling out of St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a truck driver. I'm going to tell you about a story that happened to me in the summer of 2013. I was headed to Iowa from St. Louis and I was headed up Old Highway 67 and I had a buddy behind me in another truck we were headed up I guess it was about 10 o'clock at night and we got to around Jacksonville, Illinois now this part of the highway there's nothing but trees and dark no street lights no nothing when I seen some brake lights up ahead about a half a mile. I started to approach the brake lights. All of a sudden, they vanished on me. So I was like, wow, where did they go? Next thing you know, I'm coming up, and I could see a silhouette of a lady standing in the street. I could see her hair. I could see her dressed up. I could see her purse. Like she just got dropped off. Well, I was blowing the horn. Looking the headlights that she wouldn't move she was just staring at me 
and I could see right at her. I got closer, and she still would move, so I locked up the brakes, and I thought I hit her. So I pulled up, set the brakes, got out, looked around. There was nothing. No sign of it, no damage, no nothing. I got out, walked back about another 100 foot behind my truck, and still there was nothing. So I asked the guy behind me if he seen anything, and he had no idea what I was talking about. And I told him, and he told maybe it was just you know, the road getting to me. But I guess it was about two weeks later, one of the other fellow truck drivers that worked with us was headed down that same road and said that he heard on the CB another trucker coming from the opposite direction talking about a story about a girl that he's seen in the road. And I don't know if that had something to do with it, but it was pretty crazy. I started to do a little research in that town of Jacksonville and found out that there was a young girl that got dropped off I guess after going on a night out of town, ended up getting hit by a truck driver back in the early 90s. That might have something to do with it, maybe. Not sure. Anybody else has heard anything about that girl on Highway 67 in Jacksonville? Let me know. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Mike, for taking the time to call in. This was an excellent story. You know, it reminded me of the stories of Resurrection Mary out of Chicago, or even the Tom Waits song Big Joe and Phantom 309. But there was another story that this immediately made me think of. The terrifying story of Large Marge. <laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along this same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck. It looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. I get off right up here. Have a nice day. <laughs> Peace.
Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent you. Large Marge sent me. Did you say Large Marge? She just dropped me off. That's impossible. Large Marge. She's... It was ten years ago on a night just like tonight. Tonight's the anniversary. Worst accident I ever seen. But that means the large marge I was riding with was... Her ghost! I gotta apologize. I do not intend to poke fun here. I just really enjoy that film and couldn't help myself. Mike and Pee Wee's stories are not new. Stories such as these have been reported for hundreds of years. In fact, an infamous ghostly traveler similar to Mike's story haunts a section of road near my hometown back in Ohio. The ghost of Lady Ben Hill. Before US 40 was called the National Road and before Interstate 70 intersected this section of Route 40, the roadway was simply called Zane's Trace. It was a path many settlers followed through Ohio, and they all had to traverse a particular hill with a sharp curve at the bottom, near the present-day town of St. Clairsville. If that wasn't enough to give drivers along the old National Road something to make their hair stand on end, there was a ghostly story attached to that hill and bend. An old legend tells of a young woman named Lady Ben from Wheeling, West Virginia. It seems she was riding her horse down the road after a quarrel with her family. Some say it was over the love of a Guernsey County boy just across the state line, who was of humbler means. Regardless, it was during a thunderstorm and along that treacherous hill outside Morristown when one bolt of lightning lit up the sky and spooked her horse. The woman fell and was dragged by the horse to her death. It was said that when they found her, she was so mutilated that her head was detached from her body. The dangerous section eventually coined the name Lady Ben Hill. To this day, drivers along both Old National Road and I-70 at this section are frightened by the headless apparition of a woman riding beside them in their cars. It is said to be the ghost of Lady Ben, searching for her head. Now, as for Mike's encounter... I did a little digging, but was not able to come up with any other stories from that portion of Highway 67. Of course, that does not mean anything other than that no one has bothered to report it. I love the story, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Drive safe out there, Mike. Our next caller you may recognize. Angelo called back in Season 1 with a story about a shadow man that I thought resembled the Wendigo. Here are the details of his scary encounters along his daily commute.
Hello, Derek. Uh, this is Angelo calling from Clarkston, Michigan. Uh, first, I want to say that I greatly enjoy your show. It helps fuel my commute, of uh, which I am driving right now, so please excuse the background noise. I had uh, submitted a story not too long ago about my experiences with uh, shadow people. And I, as I said before in my story, I am greatly sensitive to the paranormal in many aspects. But I wanted to relay another experience, and uh, hopefully you can get it on the air. I was uh, driving home from work one day at about uh, 9 o'clock p.m. It was around June, July, beginning of the summer. And on my way home, there is a cemetery, very small, very, very old, old headstones, most of which have been recommissioned due to people breaking them and stuff, you know, people vandalized but there is one that stands about seven seven feet seven and a half feet tall that i managed to notice on my way home and usually around that time in the summer it's still somewhat dark here in michigan or maybe a little bit light just enough to make out anything and what i noticed driving home has been a tall figure of which that rivals the headstone that stands, like I said, at around seven feet. And I get the same type of feeling, like shortness of breath and awkwardness when I pass it, when I notice this tall figure standing next to the headstone. Uh, Same of which that I always get when I experience shadow people or other type of paranormal. Now, it got to the point where I would notice this figure not only by that headstone, but also in other areas of the same road. So one night I got brave. I decided to stop next to the cemetery to get out to address the situation. I said a prayer before I pulled over, as I am a a Christian. And I got out and I looked at the headstone where the figure always was, and I began to smell uh, like rotting flesh, the smell of, I guess you would say death, uh, something like a dead animal on the side of the road. And I said, I don't know what it is that you are trying to get my attention, but all I can say is that, you know, I wish you the best. I hope that if you're able to pass on to the other side and there's nothing that I can do to aid you. And I just kept my guard, got back to my car, and I drove off. And it's now December. It's been several months, and I have not seen that figure up until uh, last week when I was driving home. It happened again. Now, it is almost, this is Christmas week. Lots of people are in good spirits, some most not, but it appeared again. And I just wondering if it's trying to get my attention again, or maybe it's just a visitor being a lost loved one. Either way, that's my story. Once again, uh, this is Angelo from Clarkston, Michigan, calling in. Love the podcast, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all the listeners out there. Thank you, as usual, Angelo. At first, I thought you were simply seeing a statue, 
at a funny angle. An angle that gave the appearance that it was standing next to a stone. After all, there are some pretty creepy works of art found in cemeteries, especially the older ones. And if you're cruising down the road, you most likely do not have time to really focus on what it is you're seeing. But when you mentioned that you've seen the figure in other places, that immediately took that theory out of the equation. As for the rotten meat smell you encountered, that could have easily been an actual dead animal, simply obscured by the weeds or brush along the road. I'm not trying to rule out your story, but rather offer up logical explanations for what it might have been. I do find it curious that the figure stopped appearing once you confronted it. That lends a certain amount of credibility to it, in my opinion. Thank you again, Angelo, for calling in. It was great hearing from you again. Our next and final call is a story fit for a late 90s horror film. Think Joyride meets I Know What You Did Last Summer. Here is Summer's story. Hey there, this is Summer from Miami, and uh, my story takes place in 2010. I was living in Los Angeles, and a girlfriend was coming out to visit. We were going to do a road trip. We were going to take the PCH from Los Angeles up to San Francisco, and then from there we were going to drive to Lake Tahoe. And... We made it to Lake Tahoe, had a great time, and the adventure begins after. We were going to head down to Las Vegas. We took the U.S. 95 South, and it kind of weaves in and out of California, Nevada, mountain area, and it's pretty desolate. Uh, Anyway, we're like... I don't know, really hopped up on energy drinks. It's 2 a.m. and we're just driving and we had to pee really bad. We stopped off in a town called Esmeralda. There's no lights. There's nothing. There's just, it's desolate. We couldn't find a bathroom, so we gave up and decided to just uh, go pee in the middle of the road. So um, both of us were kind of scared. We opened the car door simultaneously, did our thing, got back in the car, and took off riding. And the weird thing started happening maybe about 10 minutes down the road. We noticed this motorcycle riding behind us. I mean, we hadn't seen cars for miles. There was no streetlights, no nothing. Like, literally, if you turn the headlights off, all you see is blackness and stars. But anyway, so we see this car, the, the, the motorcycle behind us, and it's like a faded light. It's kind of blinking, kind of not solid. It's just fading in and out, looks like it's about to die type of light. And uh, the interesting thing about it is it was just kind of trailing behind us as we're driving through Nevada, heading towards Las Vegas. And... All throughout Nevada, there are brothels, and doing the touristy thing, she and I wanted to stop at all the brothels and take our picture in front of each sign, just for fun, and so we get out, we're stopping, and we take pictures, and then 
uh, I don't know, 30 minutes down the road. We see another one. We get out. We take pictures. But the one thing that was weird is the motorcycle would be behind us when we would get back on the road. It would come up maybe about two, three minutes after we'd be driving for a little bit, and we'd just notice, oh, hey, that motorcycle is behind us again. How strange, because we stopped, and he should have passed us many miles ago, and I don't know, it, just, it was weird that he would be behind us every time we would stop and get back on the road. So further down the road, we're just stopping. We had to take another bathroom break. Uh, we went into this casino, kind of hung out for 15, 20 minutes, got some coffee, gas. We got back on the road again, and five minutes later, here is this motorcycle light behind us. And this is when we started to freak out because we don't know if it's the energy drinks. We don't know if it's just because there's two of us, two, two girls in the car, and somebody's trying to intimidate us we just we didn't know but the weird thing was every time we'd see it we would be alone on the road and anytime a car would come either oncoming traffic or a car behind us the motorcycle would just kind of fade out and then when the cars were gone he would fade in and as we started getting closer to Las Vegas, our destination, the light started getting really erratic. And his light, his headlight kept coming closer and closer to the car, and then it would kind of like fade out and then come closer and closer to the car, kind of like he was just trying to like zoom up on us and then zoom back just to kind of like scare us. And my girlfriend's looking over in the rearview mirror and she's like, what's going on? This is like, this is crazy. And um, I decided that I was going to get him on camera. So I get in the back seat to take a picture of this motorcyclist that is trying to scare us. And I'm looking at the bike. I'm looking at him. It's really hard to make out any details of this man's face. But everything just looks really rickety and old. The light is just kind of flashing. It's not a solid light. It's like blinking like it's about to fade out. And it's just one solitary light. It doesn't look like a modern motorcycle would look. It's just one solitary blinking light. And I, I took a picture with the flash. And that is the one good picture that worked. And I'm looking at it with my digital camera and I'm zooming in, zooming in. And the face looks like like the Ghost Rider. It doesn't look like like a human face. It looks more like a skeletal face. It's just dark, hollowed black spots where the eyes would be and just like a, a skull face. But it's so hard to make out because it's nighttime and it's a digital camera and pixelation and that's the one good picture I got. But after I took the picture and the flash flashed on the motorcyclist, he just kind of faded back. It's like he just kind of slowed down and faded back from the car. And he followed us. He continued to follow us, but he didn't stay as close to the car as he had been previously. And this is right about the time we passed by um, the airport in Las Vegas. And right after that, we did not see him again. We went 
to our hotel and, and no incidents and, and that was the end of the motorcyclist. But the thing that baffles me is it's like we stopped several times. It just doesn't make sense that this motorcyclist would still be behind us after every time we stopped unless he stopped with us, which is um, a pretty creepy thought. Um, anyway, I love the show, and uh, keep it up, and uh, thanks. Thank you, Summer. I've spent a lot of time driving the vast deserts of the West. I know how spooky it can be out there. But I'll be honest, as a motorcycle rider, I thought I'd be able to debunk a lot of what you experienced. But, as I listened on, it seemed the rider's behavior was very erratic. If anything, a rider will simply pass a car if it were going slower than the rider would have liked. It makes no sense for it to speed up and slow down, unless it was deliberately trying to mess with you. But as for the flickering headlight, this I feel like I can explain. You see, I built my own bike, a 79 Honda. I rebuilt it in the cafe racer style, so the bucket headlight in the front while as tightly attached as I can possibly make it, still vibrates and bounces slightly with the movement of the road. This movement, although very subtle, is enough to change the trajectory of the beam, giving the appearance that the light is flickering. So perhaps this is something that you encountered. Lastly, if you'd be willing, I'd love to see the photo you took. I would also like to share it with the listeners out there if that would be at all possible. So, if you are willing please send me an email or hit me up on Facebook. Thank you again for the call. Very, very eerie, to say the least. And that's going to do it for this episode of Monsters Among Us. But before I go, I want to thank Summer and John for their generous donations. Their contributions lessen the financial burden of the show, and I truly appreciate it. If you like what you hear and would like to donate, please head over to the website at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com and click on the donate page. There you can leave a donation of any amount, and literally any amount will go a long way to help ensure the future of this show. So, thank you all in advance. If you like the show but are unable to donate, there are other ways you can support Monsters Among Us. Head on over to Etsy.com and search for the Rag and Bone Emporium. There you will find an assortment of dark art that I create. Each purchase on that page helps keep the lights on as well. Of course, you can write a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And I think it goes without saying that sharing the show with your friends is also a huge help. Lastly, if you have a story and you'd like to share it on the show, simply call the hotline at one 888 608 night. That's 1-888-608-6444. Or you can submit anonymously through our Report Your Sightings tab on the show's webpage. Music from tonight's episode was provided by Mayu, Keith McLeod, and Nature1986. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.
On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.